This week's episode of Talking to Mod is sponsored by the Coffee Mod. Don't just dress like an ace face, drink like one too. They're also giving our listeners 15% off when you use the promo code MAGICMOD15. So what are you waiting for? How are we doing everyone and welcome to episode 22 of Talking to Mod. This week we've got legendary bass player from the specials, Horace Panther. Not only is he a member of one of my favourite bands, but he's also an incredible artist as well. I'm not even going to talk anymore, let's just get on with it. Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax and enjoy episode 22 of Talking to Mod. Get on that. Ben, are you receiving me? Loud and clear, sir. All right. Thank you, honey. Well, okay, let me um let me go to someone. How, how do you how do we do this? We just talk absolute rubbish, mate, for about <laughs> half an hour, twenty-five minutes. Okay. <laughs> cool. You yeah, that's it. What, you in the you in the library now, are you? Yes, just a second. <laughs> I'll shut the I'll shut the door. <laughs> Well, it, it used to be the kitchen, but we kind of moved the house around. It's kind of nice. Look, there's, there's like all that sort of stuff. I've got one of those tune tables, Brilliant. you know, the Brilliant. thingy jigs. Oh, yeah. I've seen that on your Twitter, man. They look yeah. unbelievable. It's just like it's just a, a flight case it's gonna, and all the, all the stereo businesses up there. Brilliant, so man. Brilliant. So, so it's, yeah, it's a kind of, yeah, a library. Hey, it looks <laughs> good, good yeah. man. I love it. Honestly, like I've got. We've got a room where it's, I mean, it's nothing like that, mate. I mean, I've probably got about 10 or 20 books in there and I think I'm intelligent, you know what I mean? Right. But I need to, I need to branch out more and get some more books oh, in there. But um, you can never have too many books. Nah, well, you can actually. Yeah. <laughs> since, since lockdown, I, I read as much as I can, especially like old magic books. And I'm talking about magic books like in the 1800s and like some really, some of the earlier books you can get, but the way they've done it is it's hard to sort of understand the English. So they've done like remakes of it, but the early editions are worth a fortune, man. But yeah. it's all good, and man. I, I understand you've just been accepted into the magic circle, the UK magic circle. That's, yeah, like the most... Congratulations I mean, a... are in order, I think. Then, yeah. <laughs> Thank you well very done. much, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, there's... There's like less than, I was surprised. I thought there was quite a few thousand members, but there's less than 2,000 members. Right. And, and to say that I'm in that, I mean, my, my whole family are proud of that. My girlfriend, everyone's proud of that. And uh, yeah, I, so I'm, too. I'm absolutely buzzing, yeah, man. That's brilliant. Well done. But how are you anyway, my friend? You're looking okay. well. Okay. I have very little to complain about. Um, hey, I'm still here. You know, yeah, that's... <laughs> which, which is pretty good. No, um, I'm playing music. Um, I'm painting pictures. I, I'm I'm kind of busy. I, um, a few couple of years ago, I was handed a granddaughter, um, and that has um, changed my life considerably. So <clears throat> I'm around for childcare, but just being there as this little thing is growing up 
is is quite amazing. So that that's a an added plus, I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Good, good. I mean, kids. Similar. When when was your granddaughter born? It's two and a half years ago. Whenever that's, that is, no, it's twenty. Yeah. Twenty one. Something like that. Yeah. My my little boy Lonnie is is two, mm. and uh, he's he's got like. Everyone kept on telling us about this, um, the terrible twos. And we were yeah. like, what's all this? What's all this? Oh, my word. It is a thing. I'm telling you, like, right. he's into all sorts at the moment, yeah, like, yeah. literally. Yeah. But um, it's madness. You it's touched... lovely seeing them, seeing sort of language develop and, you know, and being recognised as granddad and, and all that kind of stuff is, is really cool. I, I, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest, Ben, but it's, it's, it hit me right between the eyes. It's great. I really love it. Love that! What a beautiful moment, yeah. and that's that's just life, isn't it? When it comes when you when you least expect it, and uh, it brings in beautiful moments like that. Yeah. But you mentioned about your art, and I know I've been. I mean, we followed each other for years and met mm. each other a few times, and I know you are a very very good artist, Horace. And let's touch up about that, mate. I mean, because a lot of musicians do a bit of art as well. Is it like your way of relaxing? Art is my solo album. If you know, if you know what I mean, I mean, musically, I'm a team player. I've got to work with a drummer, you know, keyboard player, guitarist, singer or whatever. So I'm part of a team when I play music. But the but the art works or doesn't work by, by my efforts alone. You know what I mean? That that that's like I, I have control of that. And um, so that, that that's how I sort of um, that's how I rationalize it. Yeah, they're, they're both very separate. Um, but um I guess and the enjoyment you get out of playing music is different from the enjoyment you get out of art. You know immediately if you're playing music whether it's working. You know people throw things or or don't clap or whatever. You know what I mean? You but there, there's an instant reaction. Whereas the, the art, it's a lot more. It, it takes a lot, a bit more time, and it's a different kind of satisfaction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I remember I did a a gig quite a while ago in Coventry, and it's it's the Empire, isn't mm -hmm. it? It was being done up, and it had some mm -hmm. of your artwork. Or did you you were quite in, involved in that, weren't you? Doing all um, the paintings. What they did, they, they the um, the guy who owns the place asked me to paint a picture of the old Empire before it was knocked down. Um, so I did, and um, but and it had. Like, like these sort of billboards at the front with like who That's was playing. Yeah. So what I did, I thought, ah, I'll tell you what, I'll take those billboard names off and I'll say, anybody who wants a, a, a piece of work, I'll, I'll do it for them and we'll put your favourite band on the on the billboard or, or the gig that you went to that you remember. Um, so I, I, I did that and I did a run of probably about 30 or 40 pictures for people who, you know, um, but he, um, but the, the guy who ran the place, he got that and he blew it up massive and he put it over the front of the new empire, which is probably where you were. Um, and, uh, when, when they were, when they were doing it up. So yeah, it's, um, it's been a, a it's been a, a good relationship with them. Cause it used to be, I, I've known the old place forever. It used to be a cinema, then it was a pool hall and then it was, um, and then it was, then it was this, this club. Yeah. I've... Cause I, I I, I, I grew up. I went to college. Um, in it, that's it's that part of town. So I, I lived that side of town. I was always in walking distance to the art college, and I would walk past that building, you know, twice a day 
for like for three years, you know. So it's it's my, my ne it was my neck of the woods when I was a student. Have you got a favourite piece of art that you've ever done? Ooh, crikey! Yes, hang on a minute. <laughs> you brought your own props. No, it was I. I stuck it up on the wall. This this the other day. I like this at the moment. Now that's rather nice. You see that? That's mega. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. That's, that, that's my wife standing on um, St Andrew's Beach in Scotland, sort of looking out in, into the grey sea. And I really like it. It's kind of melancholy, but it's, I know who it is. And I know what she was thinking about when I took the photo. You know what I mean? It was, so it's, it's, it's a kind, it, 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 it's, a, it's a cool thing. That's a really, how long did do you want to see, you do you, have you got a minute? Do you want to see the coolest piece of art that I've got? Go like, on. Give, yeah, let's have some of that. Give me a second. No, I won't be long. <laughs> I wonder what it's going to be. Here we go. We're not expecting this. We're getting a free art show here. What a lovely thing to do. That was a lovely painting, though, of his wife. Really did like that. Okay. Oh, right. that was quick. It's not too far away. There aren't too many people know that I've got this. But this is me and my and my wife on the sofa with the simpsons that is mega um drawn by eric keys who's a, a, a buddy of mine who i met over in los angeles because he's one of the illustrators on the simpsons can you see it all right i can yes yes okay. that is yeah, yeah. that is incredible so that's that's really <laughs> i didn't think so <laughs> which kind of yeah yeah, so that's, so yeah, art's a big deal for me these days, yeah. Well, it always was, but since I, you know, since I established the, the art career, it's, yeah, it, it, it's a big thing. After this, you're going to have to go and put them two pictures back up. Or the, this that's is okay, I, right, take long. I, I know where they're going. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, I tried art, I'll be honest with you, I did try a little bit of art because now and then um, I tried to find like a, a space where I could relax when I'm not doing the shows and I would pick up and try and just draw like portraits of magicians and that but I just couldn't get the hang of it I really couldn't so then I went into a bit of like just draw, writing poems and I, I come up with a few but um I'm just going to stick to the magic yeah yeah but I think it, it was I think it, it's good to have an outlet to sort of an, an alternative creative outlet I don't know I find that you know, and but this this one just has just you know um, got a little bit a higher prominence, shall we say, insofar as I can make money from it. So. Well, you're so. fantastic at it, so keep it up, mate. And I mean, mm, thank you. You're more than welcome. So we've gone from one of your loves. Let's get go to the other one of your loves, music. Now, mm. how did you get involved in music, mate? Oh, I heard it. I heard it on the radio. Um, Every Sunday morning, my father would put a big stack of long-playing gramophone records on the radiogram and turn it up really loud to get us out of bed on a Sunday morning. And so I was brought up with listening to, you know, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and, um, and all this, this kind of stuff. My mother bought um, the first Beatles album. Um, so I, I, I remember listening to that and, and thinking there was this song called Roll Over Beethoven. Yes. That was written by this bloke called C. Berry, who wasn't one of the Beatles. And I didn't know who on earth C. Berry was, but I thought that that song was brilliant. 
<laughs> was was really good. Um, so it just sort of went went on from there. Um, we had a transistor radio that was incredible. You could walk around with music. You know what I mean? You could carry it around. You didn't have to plug it in. It was it was it was great. It was I suppose um, the equivalent of like a Walkman but like in 1963 or something. And then the pirate radio stations came on the air, um, 65, 66, and they, they were over by 67. But that, that was tremendous, because before then, you know this, don't you? Before then, you couldn't hear, you, could, you had like sort of half an hour of pop music cool. a day on, on the light programme on, on BBC. But then with the pirate stations, you could hear music all day. And it, it was, every, and so I, I, it was just such a, a, an education for me, as it was for loads of kids in England at, at, at that time. And I think that was as much of a kickstarter to the swinging 60s as, as anything, those pirate radio stations. Radio London was my um, weapon of choice. 266 on the medium wave. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that was where, like, Tony Blackburn and, and John Peel and people like that started. Yeah, the big, no, yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, well, Tony Blackburn used to be the, the president of the, Tam, the UK Tamla Motown Appreciation Society. You know what I mean? And, and, and stuff like that. Cool, cool. Amazing, yeah. isn't it, music? I mean, the, the yeah, thing about... That was it, and I just got hooked, you know. And, um, and I had a... Um, my parents bought me a little crappy Spanish guitar when I was, like, 11. I couldn't play it, but I could stand in front of a full-length mirror and look pretty cool. <laughs> so, you know, so I took it from there. And, and of course, I, as I couldn't play the six-string guitar, I thought, well, perhaps I could play a bass instead because it's only one string at a time. And, you know, yeah, it, it's not... You don't have to, you know, bar chords, you know, and all that sort of business. So, yeah, so it went from there, really, yeah. You, you saying that about standing in in front of a mirror, it's just brought me back a flashback of when my mum and dad bought me a guitar and I tried and tried, I couldn't do it, but I had like a mirror wardrobe in my bedroom yeah, 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 and I to, used to put it on yeah. and I used to play Setting Suns by the Jam and I yeah, used to yeah. just think I was Paul West. Yeah, and you looked great, didn't you? you yeah, you were there. In yeah. my own head, I looked yeah. good, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it's always one of them ones where as soon as you hear your mum or your parents walking up the stairs, you quickly take it off, turn the music off and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. nothing's I'm happening. I'm reading a book. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. So, do you remember, here's one that's going to jog your memory. Now, what is the first ever album you ever went out and bought? Oh, God. Um, um, Freak Out by Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, because they just looked like these scary dudes on the cover. And it was at Alf Bailey's record shop in uh, Gold Street in Kettering. Um, and, and, I, and I brought it home and I put it on the record player and I hated it. I just thought, what is this? <laughs> uh, I've got I tried my best, but it's like, oh, I can't get on with this at all. So, you know, it wasn't something uh, amazing, you know what I mean? I'm afraid it was, it was a real sort of damp squib. Um, I kind of got into Zappa about sort of 10 years later, but it was kind of, that, that's always been this kind of stuck in my throat, the fact that I bought this, this album and I didn't like it. I didn't tell anybody that I didn't like it because that would be really uncool, you know, to, to say that I didn't, but I really, really didn't like it. The second one was um, the first Fleetwood Mac album, the one with the dog and the dustbin. And I've still got that. I played it last night, actually. I, I've been sort of, now I've re-established my vinyl collection. I just thought I'd trawl through it. And I picked it out and it still, still sounded great. Yeah. You, you, so that, well, that was 
the first they, they, they were the first albums I bought you just can't beat vinyl I mean um in Belfast we have a we have a quite a few vinyl shops and uh I regularly go in there and you can find some absolute gems mm. now and then. And even in chari charity shops as well. I, I've got some amazing finals in charity shops sometimes, you know, like some of the early, uh, like Bad Manners, uh, Madness. I've got a lot of jam singles in there, it's, you know, for like a pound. You're laughing, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, we're in Leamington, which is my, I suppose, my nearest big town. Um, there's a real good second-hand shop, second-hand emporium that goes on for miles. But, but and um, you just, you, but I, I kind of get I, I I get to like G, and then go. <sighs> <laughs> you know, perhaps next time I go in, I'll start at Z work, and work backwards. Put your way down. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> That's it. I remember now. Let me. Yeah, because I was in. Where was I? I was in. Um... Oh, Stratford upon Avon, I did a show. Yeah. And then I remember you, I think you put a message underneath saying you weren't too far from there. That's right, yeah. I live just outside Warwick. Yeah. That was the first time I've ever been to Stratford, and what a beautiful place. That's nice. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. And I think we went to. Where did we go? Oh, that's the time. The, the day after is the one uh, where we, we stayed in Coventry after, and that's when I saw the, the Empire. Yeah. and a bit of your artwork beautiful yeah. stuff beautiful stuff yeah. so the best thing about talking about music is horace is it could take you anywhere i mean you could go and meet anyone and as soon as you've got that sort of connection if you listen to the same album you could talk for, for hours sometimes days and you feel like you know the person but i want to know what was your first ever gig you went to yourself not performed went to and saw someone the first professional band I ever saw um, me and my friend Anthony Larkham I think I, I was 15 and um, we got tickets to the, there was this series of concerts at the Royal Albert Hall called the Pop Proms I think it was 1969 I don't know and I saw Blodwin Pig the Liverpool scene and Led Zeppelin Oof. and it, it um, uh, the, the Blew, blew my mind is a kind of a, a, a catch-all phrase for, for but it, <laughs> I was not the same afterwards. <laughs> um, I, I, a, I was 15. B, I lived in this little sleepy market town in Northamptonshire. And C, I had never heard anything so loud in my life. I mean, it's probably nothing compared to, you know, the noise that the specials made, like, uh, you know, 30 years later. But bloody hell, it was, it was, it was quite something. So that and and and, and that, that was it really. What a gig to go to though. Yeah, yeah. The first I, one. I mean, very impressionable. Geez. Yeah. That's that, that's unbelievable. It's safe to say that left a lasting impression on your life. Then. <laughs> left <Yeah. laughs> I mean, brilliant man, brilliant. But um we're gonna come on to the specials in a minute. Mm. But uh growing up you've mentioned some timeless names there, you know, what you were listening to as a youngster, but was there anyone who you was really inspired by who really like a hero like, i mean for me growing up it wasn't a magician it was actually paul weller mm. and uh, liam gallagher do you know what i mean but right. th th you know they sort of led me into this path but what about yourself i don't know i, I can't remember i um i mean in terms of musicians i suppose uh, andy fraser who was the bass player in free i loved free they were just they were they were kids they weren't that much older than me um still aren't and um they 
they, they were all right now was, was brilliant. That was the first single I ever got drunk to, you know. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was great. It was so, so, so good. And I, I really liked them. They were, they were just a great, really funky little group. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think there was any one person, you know. I mean, everybody, you know, when Jimi Hendrix came along, you know, and mm. like Gordon. That that was that, that was different, you know, and all this sort of stuff. But I I, I don't think there was any sort of one sort sort of person. But my my musical taste started to change the older I get. I got more sort of Catholic, shall we say, because I started getting into soul music. You know, Tam, why was it that I wanted to dance when um, the Four Tops and the Supremes came on, whereas when the DJ put Pickety Witch or Love Affair, I wasn't that bothered. You know what I mean? It was, and I never, I never sort of figured that out other than there was something about that music that just made me want to get up and, you know, I hate weddings. I don't like going to wear formal, any kind of formal gatherings. I really, you know, where you have to dress up and, and, and all that sort of stuff. I really dislike, but if you want me to dance, all you have to do is put on Roadrunner by Junior Walker and the All-Stars. And I'm there. Brilliant. And I am, I am, you know, dad dancing like, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's fantastic. You know, and I, but I, I just sort of, re and I really sort of started to get into that that sort of news, that, that and Booker T and the MGs, you know, Green Earth, oh, Time is brilliant. Time, blah, 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 blah. Brilliant. You know, and that was, um, and especially Booker T and the MGs, because that bass line didn't sound that difficult. You know, so I, it, that that was a, an in for me musically. So in, in, do you see yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, some of the names you reeled off there, though, brilliant man, absolutely brilliant. So here's the moment people have all been waiting for. Look, I've got my shirt on as well. Look uh -huh. about that. Yeah, I have to get you a magic mod one. Thank you. <laughs> so, how did it all start out, mate, with the specials? Jerry Damas started um, the same art course than, as me, um, year, the year below me. I started in 72, he, he started in 73. So uh, we kind of, we knew of one another. Um, he knew I played a bass guitar. Um, I knew he played piano. And, um, and that was that really. Um, I graduated in 75. He graduated a year later in, in 76. And he called me and because um, he saw me playing in like this club band. So, you know, um, and he presumably liked what I played on the bass guitar. And he says, I'm trying to get this group together. Um, I'm going to play uh, this kind of reggae type music. And I'm like, I don't know what I don't know how to play reggae, but I'll, I'll give it a go. And, and that's where it started. And then he said, come along to a, a rehearsal um, and I'll introduce you to a couple of other people. So I met Limval, um, Limval Golding and Silverton Hutchinson, who was the first specials drummer. He, he was with us for a couple of three years. Um, and we had this singer bloke called Tim. And we rehearsed these songs, which were kind of reggae-ish um, and sort of funk sort of, sort of stuff. I had difficulty with, with reggae, but um, Limval, very kindly, he, he came round to my flat with Desmond Brown, who was the keyboard player in the selector, and I had reggae lessons, you know, like the bass gob of ba ba di ba di ba and I'm like, what? 
because I didn't have a particularly big sound system at all, so uh, it was difficult. You have to turn it. I don't know. Don't play it too loud. It's a bed sit. You'll worry the neighbours. You know. <laughs> no, man, you have to turn it up. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, th I think I got it. So it was. But then one time, Jerry dragged me along to a blues party, which where where there was these wardrobe-sized speaker cabinets and, and these very intimidating black guys or whatever. And I was like, mm, well, but I got it. You know, it is supposed to, you know, it is supposed to be bone crunchingly loud and that's how it works. And it's like, yeah, OK, all right. So it was it wasn't easy, but I but I, I got there eventually. So that that was so the special spent a couple of years playing sort of like pubs in in um, in in Coventry. And then there was this really cool um, punk band called Squad with this really, with this great, very charismatic singer called Terry, Terry Hall. So uh, we stole him. Then, then there was this, this other the punk band with this kind of rockabilly, Johnny, Johnny Thundersy kind of guitar player, Roddy Radiation. So we, we, we stole him as well. So we, we became sort of like king of the heap in, um, in Coventry, basically, because we'd stolen all the good guys from the other bands. Um, and then... And then it just sort of like, not exactly snowballed, but sort of rumbled on a bit from there, really. Incredible. I mean, just hearing, I mean, you know yourself, well, you might not know, Horace, but I'm, I think I might have told you when I saw you in Eastbourne, you know, Specials are one of my favourite bands. So to be to be talking to you about it and listening to the stories, I don't want to talk. I just want to, it's, it's incredible. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about that debut album. I mean, as far as debut albums go, that, that is incredible, mate. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was playing it again last night and it, it's just timeless. And uh, that must have been amazing to have brought that out. Yes. It's difficult to put it. It was difficult at the time to put it in, into context. You see, we we were, we um we never started to sound like that, and basically until Brad joined Silverton, who I mentioned earlier, he he quit um, because he, as far as he was concerned, we were going nowhere fast um, by the end of 1978. But then um, Jerry came along with this um, Prince Buster, best of Prince Buster album and says, listen, this is what we, we should sound like. This is good. And um, Silverton was like, nah, man, old man music. I mean, I play old man music. And, and he thought, right, and we weren't making any money, so he quit. Linval wasn't happy either. It took an awful lot of... Um, um, cajoling from Jerry to get Limbaugh to play old man music, you know, sure when I played that. And, um, but he did. But then Brad came along and Brad could play, he, he didn't have any stuff about playing old man music because it wasn't old man music as far as he was concerned, it was Scar. And, um, but he could play rock and roll as well. He could, so he could sort of, he could play both styles. Um, and I think that's when when we learnt to play Scar, when we learnt, when we learnt to play Monkey Man, you're wondering now, um, that's when we started to sort of go, to click, to start to sound really good. Because all our old sort of funky reggae songs, we played in a Scar style. So all our punk rocky songs, we played in a Scar. So it sort of, it, it slowed down the fast ones and sped up the slow ones and it sort of unified everything. And then um, we went in and re we recorded Gangsters early January 1979. And then that August, we were recording that album, that, that first album. Um, so it was, it was, it, it was 
it would it took a long time from like 1976 for jerry to call me up and say i want to form a group but it from like um beginning of january 1979 to the end of january it was was really quite quick so the whole the business side of it the recording side of it was 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 pretty quick but those songs had been around for a few years so we we were we were used to them and then of course neville came on board as well neville was on board i forgot about that um after he didn't join till like after this clash tour that we did back end of 1978 so it was a it just it, but it just sort of burst on at the right time you know uh, the sex pistols had split up the clash had gone off to america and like championing punk in uk were like the uk subs and sham 69 that were a little bit scary to say the least um so we came along wearing suits you know, because there was this, this, there was the mod revival thing, wasn't there? Like the Chords, the Mervyn Parkers, and all that kind of business. Secret affair, and um, you know, and, and bands like that. So you know, so we we the, the the fashion stance was kind of already established, and you could buy secondhand tonic suits up Gosford Street, you know, for really cheaply. You know, that that were for the region. That suit that I'm wearing on that the cover of that specials album cost six pound fifty um it co it cost more than that to get it altered so that it fitted me properly but you know what i mean um so that's that's so that that's what all that was about but like that album was recorded quite quickly because we knew what we were doing we'd spent the past sort of six months you know going around all those little clubs and um and you know making sure that it it sounded pretty damn good yeah you mentioned uh neville staple there um mm. what what a character he was every time i mean the amount of times i've seen the specials he's just i mean like you all are you're all having fun on the stage but he's jumping around and just loving every moment isn't he yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody what was it one of the um i don't know if it was gary bushel or whatever in, in said and uh neville had a smile on his face that you couldn't put in a shopping bag or something <laughs> but that, that was per but it was it was it was amazing and i think it's the thing that jerry said one time he said he has never seen um or never felt the atmosphere of an early specials gig you know from like 79 where everybody danced you know even the bar staff danced you know what i mean the whole place was just was just was just crazy um um but the the energy was um was quite quite something yeah it was it was fantastic but it was just in the right place at the right time that's what i was gonna i was gonna say in the first place you know punk has punk was kind of dying on its ass a bit and there was this this new thing i had this imagine christmas 1979 and this 13 year old kid comes up to his mum and says mum for christmas can i have a suit i mean how, how wouldn't she be so pleased about that you know to have a little boy come i'd like to I'd like a suit for christmas please mate. actually that was funny yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Are you all right for time, by the way? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wanna... Okay, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Now there's a there's a picture that I've got downstairs in like one of my rooms um, where I've got like music memorabilia and that, and it's Madness, mm -hmm. Selector, mm -hmm. and the Specials, yeah, all on Brighton Beach on the seafront. Yes. Now, yes. Am I right in saying was that? The two-tone tour, yes. I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was that was the the day after the first gig in in Brighton. Yeah. What are your memories of that? How was that? 
I'm a little bit hungover. Um, but um, the night before, I was hanging out with Mike Dempsey, who was the bass player in The Cure. Brilliant. We'd done some gigs with The Cure over in, um, in, in Europe over the summer. Uh, it was great being on the bill with them because they had an electric guitar tuner and we didn't. So it's like, because we would have to tune up, this was before all this technological stuff, so we had to like try and tune up our guitars um, by ear, which, which was dreadful, but oh, thank goodness the cure here, we can borrow their little little box and we can, we can we, we'll, we'll be in tune. Um, but, but I got on quite well with, with, with Mike, and um, he was, um, we, we went out to some party after the gig, and he was saying, all these people who... Um, were at that gig tonight. I, I saw them and they were wearing different clothes when The Cure played with Susie and the Banshees there three weeks before, which was quite, which was quite funny. So yeah, it was cool. It, it was, um, it was, but that two-tone tour was, was tremendous, was, was really good. That was the, the, like the, the defining moment of, of, of two-tone, I think. At, at the That's end that... of it, we did two nights at Coventry Tiffany's and I think they were, that was the apogee. That was the high point of that whole thing. Because it was like, here's, here's Coventry, you know, um, big unemployment, you know, um, all the factories closed down, you know, what a grim, um, dismal place. But then here comes along this pop group that makes everybody happy. And um, and it was just it was just amazing. It really sort of, you know, like a football team can really affect a town. Yeah? It was a little bit like that. That with 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 the specials, you know, it, it it was it was quite 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 amazing. That's I, I just I think I was born in, in the wrong era, like in the wrong decade. You know what I mean? Because like when I mean, obviously I read all about it, and that ends why I, I love my music so much. But when you see that them three bands on a lineup, mm. like that is that is a dream to be there. You know, like people who are there don't know how lucky they are. Two pound fifty. Seem... It's two pound fifty to see that the, t the tickets are not. <sighs> you, 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 I tell you, you couldn't even get to a gig for two pound fifty these days. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I don't know what what the, the equivalent is um, of two pound fifty would be nowadays. I'm sure somebody will tell me. Three hundred quid, probably. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it just seems like you were having the best time of your life, oh, though, with your friends. But yes, absolutely, Ben. I mean, this was what I'd always wanted being in a pop group to be like you know when i was standing in front of my bedroom mirror with my crappy little acoustic guitar you know i mean hey one day you know one day i'll be you know i'll, I'll be on top of the pops and um and, and be fine and i was and it was like I, it was incredible i really really lucky and very privileged to be able to do all that stuff you know uh, amazing and and i mean the, the members you had in the band were just <laughs> characters each one of them was a character it was they? extraordinary you know I mean? yeah yeah it was it was very e extraordinary yeah mm. i mean you know I've, I've been lucky to have met most of you to be honest with you on various gigs i uh, did a show years ago with neville and straight away i just thought what a character yeah. absolute character and then i managed to meet the late great terry hall who was just an absolute gentleman and you know to be able to meet him I mean, what a front man. You yeah. Know, what a voice. He was, he, he was amazing. Yeah. It, it, I always liked the way that him and Neville were just so totally different, but worked together. You know, oh. Terry was like the sort of the calm in the storm and Neville was like, you know, jumping off speaker boxes and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I mean, the song that I want a song, a standout special song for me that I really think um, shows the strength of Terry is is Do the Dog. Yeah. Now, the reason I say that is because the way he's singing it, and, and it's almost like these days people would say he's like rapping the song so yeah. quick. And I mean, I've seen him perform that many times. No stuttering, nothing. It's just like he knows what he's doing. I mean, I try and do that in karaoke. I can't even get past the first two lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? But absolute genius. And, and what a pleasure it is to... I mean, for you, it must have been fantastic to have been in the band and see the reactions of everyone. You mentioned a minute ago about, you know, a gig where everyone was mm -hmm. dancing, including the bar staff. Now that, yeah. you must have known you were onto a winner when you got everyone dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think <clears throat> the, the, my favourite early specials gig, well, my back in the day special gig, um, August 1979, we never, we had, this was before, before the two-tone tour this was before we recorded that first album um we signed our record deal and chrysalis the record company said Let, let's try these guys in europe and we were like oh, okay um so they sent us out and we did a festival um at bilzen in um, in belgium and it was the cure thank goodness uh, us um the pretenders the police ACDC, right? And um, nobody in Europe had heard of us, um, and we were we were like I think third on the bill or something like that. So it was about half past two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and we went on with all this equipment that we, you know, big borrowed and stolen, you know, over the past couple of years, um, and and set it all up, and we went on and we absolutely destroyed the place. It was incredible. We just went on and. Bang! And there was this big 12-foot chain-link fence, about 15 foot from the stage, and it got ripped up, and everyone charged towards the, the, the lip of the stage. And, and, and nobody had heard us before. Nobody in that field. I think there were a couple of people who'd come from England who knew of us, but nobody in that field had ever heard of us before and and we just took the place and um by the throat by its throat and just made it dance and it was it was that was the thing that made me think i think we've got something here you know it's like wow it was it was incredible there's a photo of me um i think yeah that's why the enemy came to, and to take photos and uh, there's a photo of me walking off stage and i'm i swear that my feet are not touching the ground you know, it was it was that you know it was that sort of a moment. It was it was it was really cool. So every other gig after that had to kind of compare to that. That was the sort of the the the, the benchmark. I always remember that show as just just in, absolutely in, in, incredible, brilliant. I can only imagine what it was like just to be in there though to see that. I mean, as I said many a times, I keep mentioning it, seeing you live, and it's it's um you're always every single one of you always gives 110 percent and i mean for me it was a workout as well especially the last gig i went and saw you i come off and i was sweating buckets i thought i don't need a gym membership i just need to follow the specials Welcome around and the watch them live weight loss program <laughs> yes that's, that's right that's, yeah especially when you brought the dvd out um oh, what was it it was the anniversary i think it was filmed in oh, I can't the, one think. Nick, the one at wolverhampton is, I is think this, it was. Was this like the reformed mop or, or the original? No, this this was this was the original. I think. Oh, dance and phrase. It, yeah. And I've with got madness it the, and the beat I and bad manners. And... It was yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, 
I mean, I, thank God I've got that because if ever, you know, forget about watching Kirsty Gallagher and Mr. Motivator, stick that on and go through that and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, it was, you, uh, it was, was wonderful. Have you got a favourite song from the specials that you, you just loved playing? I really, really liked International Jet Set from the second album because it was different. Um, and I kind of like that kind of difference. First album, nightclub, I suppose, because I get to show off and do that, you know. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. I mean, the, when we reformed and started writing our own stuff, I love playing Vote For Me because... Um, Tim Smart, our trombone player, does this really, really lovely solo. It's like it's it's like Ghost Town revisited, if you like, for me. Um, but it, it will kind of vary. I remember I had a, a I went through a period thinking it's up to you was great. I used to love playing oh. that. Um, but we 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 started playing that when we we, we reformed, but then we didn't. Um, and then yeah, but I suppose nightclub is probably. The, the the one that sort of stayed with me because you know because it's got it's such a great group and monkey man gets every you know if all else fails play monkey man you know what i mean because then the whole place goes bonkers doesn't it <laughs> it's timeless i mean yeah you know i suppose you didn't really have the chance to sort of think about it but when you were first in the specials um, sorry, not when you were first in it, when you were in the specials and you brought out your album, did you ever think, like, in 40 years' time, people would still be listening to this music and it would be, like, life-changing for people? No, of course not. not. Um, and but I, and it, it was weird at the time because all these, these journalists were going, um, you know, uh, this is a great socio-political statement you're making here about... You know, uh, black people and white people, and and, it, and it's like, yes, that, that, isn't that obvious? You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I was kind of, I, know, I was sort of blasé about all the, the sort of the, the the stuff that that we did, but it's like, well, it, it, it's obvious that, that this is what we're doing because um, this is what we, because that's how we're doing it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not making an enormous amount of sense. There, there was there was a lot of sort of um, stuff that was like stuck on onto the band as as well. That that the you know all that sort of the rock against racism, the, the sort of the political kind of stuff that that sort of was was banged on it as well, which was cool. I mean, they, they, the specials eventually sort of just wore themselves out because um, we we did too much too young. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, our, our work schedule was just too was too hectic, and um, and touring became a real struggle because fans would invade the stage. And uh, you know, a few people on stage at the end is fine, but like you know, two hundred of Swansea's finest on the sixth song is kind of <laughs> like you know, hang on, because then you got to get them off, and uh, and then hope that they'll stay off, and, and then you play another, and then you play Concrete Jungle. You know what I mean? Oh. So. <laughs> I think so it, was, it was a struggle and, it, and, 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 and something that was amazing and, and incredible became a chore and like, oh God, we've got to go um, out there and I hope that, you know, this was before crash barriers and, you know, and, and bouncers who weren't homicidal maniacs. So it was, yeah, it, it was, it was difficult. It got to be a, it got to be a struggle towards the end, which is why we didn't tour a great deal um, in 1981. You mentioned 
briefly about the people jumping on the stage and that. Is it Skinhead Moonstump? There's a video of it on YouTube and it is just pure carnage. <laughs> Terry's getting pushed about. <laughs> and the, the one who looks like he's having the most fun is Neville, though. He's laughing. <laughs> it is just absolute carnage. But, yeah, I mean... Bad. I think that just goes to show that you were a band for the people, exactly. weren't you? you know, the... Yeah, that was, that was, I think that was the part. I think Jerry was very much of that opinion. He, he's just like, what, these people paid money to come and see us. They know, well, there shouldn't be that gap between the performers and the audience. And well, they won't be able to see us if they don't, but never mind. We'll go on with that. But, but, and, and I think Jerry loved chaos anyway. Oh, you know, he, he's like, you know, um, the more chaotic, the, 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 the better. He was always the guy who would sort of have have all the fans backstage and back at the hotel and Horace, do you mind if um you know three guys from Romford sleep on your hotel floor tonight? You know, thanks, <laughs> yeah, I, the fact that I would like to get some sleep. Or I might have female company, you know, never mind. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> Listen, great memories though, Horace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean and and um I just want to thank you for sharing all that with me because it's an absolute pleasure for me to uh to listen to it as I'm sure it is for everyone else who's been logged in live. But I want to ask you, what does the next 12 months hold for you, mate? Okay. Well, I'm currently um, playing sort of blues rock stuff with um, two guys who I've admired and not worked with before that, that live locally. Um, Steve Walwyn is a guitar player. He spent the past 32 years working as the guitar player in Dr. Feelgood. Um, and I've known him for like 40 years and we would occasionally jam in sort of on the back rooms of pubs and stuff. And there's a Coventry drummer called Ted Duggan who I'd heard of and I'd seen a lot, but I'd never played with. And he's, he's really, really good. So we're all of a certain age. And, and we play blues and rock and roll, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, that's um, taking up my time. Um, we've been to Woodbine Studios, which is where we recorded Ghost Town, um, and, and recorded some, some stuff, which hopefully will be out in the year. Um, I'm also working with a, um, a Cajun and Zydeco group. Cajun, Zydeco, it's like the music from Louisiana. Um, it's with a button accordion. Um, pedal, uh, lap steel guitar, or whatever. Um, it's 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 kind of it, it's blues, it's country, it's rock and roll, it's funk, all in, it, played all at the same time. It's great fun. I'm doing some work with them, and there's a insane Welsh guitar player called James Oliver, not Jamie Oliver, the chef. This is James Oliver, and he's he's crazy, and um, he does like sort of 300 odd, odd gigs a year. Um, so he wears out rhythm sections. So whenever he's in, whenever he's in sort of my neck of the woods, I, I get to play with him. I, I'm working with him. That's an awful lot of fun. That's kind of, kind of like being in the specials because he plays everything far too fast, um, and it, it's it's great. That that's a lot of good. So there's there's that, and then I'm painting pictures. Um, I recently went over to um, Los Angeles where there was a, a big Terry Hall tribute show, um, which is. Um, hosted by a charity that I'm connected to in Los Angeles. Um, that was amazing. That was really, really good. We had the guys from we had Fishbone, the people from No Doubt, and um, the Boss Tones and the Agrolites playing with us. It was incredible. Um, but then I went off to um, South Dakota to this um, place called Rapid City, which is a bit like Nuneaton, but with an airport. And uh, I stayed there for a week 
and um, pootled around and took some photographs. So that's for sort of a new load of paintings, which I, um, which I started this evening. So there's always music to play, there's always pictures to paint, and of course there's always a granddaughter to, um, to, to look after as well. So yeah, life is good. Good, and long may that continue, my friend. But the, from me, you know, most, as they always say, good things have to come to an end, and, and that's us, man. I mean, thank you so much for, for you know, spending your time with me. It's, um, it's an honour for me, so thank you, Horace. That's okay, man. I'll put those pictures back now. <laughs> yeah, before you get sold off, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a lo lovely evening, and thanks again thank you, for man. your time. Take Tell care. Up. See you soon. Bye-bye.